the 100th episode of the WNP podcast, the Mock Draft Special. Since you guys are all so confident in your opinion echo chamber here, uh, I'm just going to present to you some information I've collected since that episode just to defend my honor a bit. Go ahead, hater. <laughs> I am so mad at you, Mike. I did, I did you so well with Kyle Pitts, and you just had to hit me right in the heart with the trailer. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson. And joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty swell. Thank you for asking. Did you expect any other answer? Uh, I didn't, actually. But we've got some special guests here. We're also doing it in person, which is a little weird. We haven't done this in quite some time. But special guest number one, not really a special guest really anymore, been on our last, what, six or seven episodes, Alec Kane coming on board for our 100th episode of the WNP podcast. Alec, how you doing? I am doing great. That is terrific. And this time we do truly have a special guest. You've heard his name on the podcast before. However, you have not heard his voice, the magnifying Chris Brown. Chris, how you doing? You know, round of applause. Really good, thank you. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Good, good. I'm glad that you're here. And guys, we talked about Chris a couple of times on our podcast recently. Uh, we've asked him to send message to Garrett. We've talked about some uh, takes he's had in fantasy. We've trashed some of them. We've, uh, you know, I, have we liked any of your takes? I don't remember if we've said <laughs> you know what? If you have, I, I, it's hard to remember. <laughs> so I decided that we are going to let Chris air out some beef that he's had with us because we're just rude people. So Chris is going to have a little bit of time to let us know his thoughts on certain things that we've said. And I would ask you to to not say anything until Chris is done. Let's be nice. Let's be supportive here. And then after he's done, we'll tear him a new one. Okay? So, Chris, you've got the floor. Let us know everything that you've hated about Mm -hmm. us and the podcast and what we've said. Go ahead. Sure. No, I'm I'm looking forward to you guys tearing me a new one afterwards. But (laughs) So, um, I'll just give a brief history. So, you guys have have maybe have heard the guys talk about how we're in uh, a couple dynasty uh, fantasy football leagues together. So about a month ago, uh, after he signed his new contract extension, I put Dak Prescott on the trade block in our dynasty league. And I told the league, uh, I'm looking for a draft pick. And more specifically, the starting price for it would be a first round pick. So uh, the 112 or higher, it's a 12 man league. Um, Immediately on this podcast, never been on, good friends, fan of the show, but I was called out on this podcast uh, during your guys' uh, NFL Draft quarterbacks ranking episode, which great episode. Uh, check it out. Um, but let me quote you guys all uh, here in regards to your reactions to wanting me to get at least a first for Dak, right? So Chase, you said, and I listened to the podcast. So I'm going to quote you guys directly. Chase, you said no. Just flat out no. Yes. <laughs> Alec, you said absolutely not, not at all. <laughs> and Mike, you said I thought it was a little comical. Followed by, (laughs) shortly after, followed by, I don't see anyone sending that for Dak Prescott just because he got his new deal. So since you guys are all so confident in your opinion echo chamber here, 
Uh, I'm just going to present to you some information I've collected since that episode just to defend my honor a bit. Um, so firstly, I use this app called uh, Fantasy Life. Um, not a sponsor, by the way. Uh, hit up the guys. I don't think they say no. Um, but in this <laughs> app, uh, you can post like trade polls and then like real people who are involved in like uh, year-long fantasy leagues can vote on the poll. Um, obviously, there's not like a ton of votes typically, but they're educated votes. I mean, it's, it's a fantasy app after all. Um, but usually I just use it to make sure that like my understanding of particular trades like kind of matches the general public. So I'm not like getting swindled or if I am swindling somebody, that's good news. Um, but in this app, I posted three polls. The first was straight up. Would you rather Dak or the 112 pick? Okay. So this is just first round pick or Dak heads up. 27 people voted on this poll. 100% of the people said they'd rather Dak. Literally nobody said the 112. So firstly, I'd say you guys are in the minority here, but according to this poll, a minority literally doesn't even exist. You guys are on your own <laughs> island. Okay, but, but, but really quick before we move on, sure. did you specify whether that was one quarterback or super flex? Because of I most? did. I okay. said non-super. I didn't say uh, one quarterback, but I did say non-super flex. So I okay. think it's, it's implied okay. that quarterbacks have a normal normal value. But um, yeah, so that was that was a pretty straightforward poll. Um the second one, I wanted to narrow down more specifically uh, where in the first round people valued him. So I, I gave the people four options, the 105, the 107, the 109, and the 111 pick. So where do you value Dak? What do you think he's worth? I'll start from the back end. 8%, only 8% said the 111, only 3% said the 109, 25% of the people said the 107 and a whopping 50% said the 105 and the 36 people voted on this poll, by the way. So not only did every single person say he's worth a first round pick, but the whopping majority of them said he's worth in the middle of the first round pick. So, so that was the second poll. Things aren't looking good for you guys. Um, <laughs> but so for my third trick, and you guys were kind of wondering why I did this when I, when I did, but I decided to use Trevor Lawrence as a buffer to help value Dak. So I sent a text out to all of you guys kind of randomly. You didn't I don't know if you guys knew I was going to use this against you, but I asked you all at what pick do you think Trevor Lawrence should be taken in a non superflex dynasty league? Just straight up where in our leagues where you would take Trevor Lawrence in a rookie draft. Alec, you said between the 105 and the 108. Chase, you responded with bottom of the first first round closer to the end. So like 109 to 112, somewhere in that range. And Mike, you said only five players have the talent to go ahead of him, but he could go lower depending on the player situations following the NFL draft. So in other words, like the 106 is the ceiling, but could be lower. So the final post I posted on this app was uh, straight up Dak or Trevor Lawrence. Who do you want right now in Dynasty? 43 people voted on this. 79% said Dak and 21% said Trevor Lawrence. One person even commented on this this is a joke, right? So I was getting flack from people for even posting such a question, but that's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but that that's the third post I did. So obviously there's a major disconnect between the general educated public opinion and your guys's opinions. So to answer your guys's comments, to sum up regarding my evaluation of DAC for a, simply a first round pick, Chase, you said no, to which I say, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alec, you said absolutely not, not at all, to which I say uh, un unquestionably yes. And Mike, you said, I don't see anyone sending that for Dak, to which I say, open your eyes. Well, <laughs> let me ask you a question real quick. 
Have you gotten a first round offer in our league for Dak Prescott right now? Have you gotten that since you've posted that you want a first for him? No, I have not. So I think that we can result this to saying that our league is different than the fantasy football app that you were using to ask the poll. I think generally people see players very differently. I have no doubt in saying I would take Trevor Lawrence over Dak Prescott right now. Um, So I think that generally I think Dak is a good player. And I would agree that I think I actually would give up the 112 form, depending on my situation. I talked about how I have Deshaun Watson and Justin Herbert. So at that point, I wouldn't, it'd just be uh, not sensible when I could add a weapon rather than a quarterback when I already have two. So I think generally when we're looking at overall thought of value, like it could be there for sure. I would give up the 112, not in my current situation, but I would, whereas like right now, we just, you haven't gotten that offer. So I think that kind of argues my point rather than yours. Well, to be fair, uh, our league is is notorious for half of the league kind of tuning out in the offseason. <laughs> even, even though it is a dynasty league, I think people take it seriously, but they oftentimes don't check their apps or whatever. And also, I haven't even been shopping him. I simply just put him on the trade block and posted, if you want him, send me a first. I, there might be a, a chance I can bundle him and still get a first, but I'm not letting him. I have Pat Mahomes, by the way, so this is why I'm trading him. But um, I'm not, if, if it's for a single pick, I'm not, I'm not even going to field offers that are less than a first. And you know what? It, it's all love, right? I just wanted to kind of like air out, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, air you, out the dirty laundry. You called me out. So I just <laughs> needed to come on and defend my honor and say, like, you guys aren't in the majority of, of what educated uh, fantasy people think. So take that what you will. Are they but I, I do have one question. Uh, who here has won a championship in a league with Chris? Was was Chris in your league when I won? Probably. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hands <laughs> up. Okay. All, that, for the record, all three of us, except for Chris, <laughs> rose our hand. No, but I, I, I get that. That hurts. I need, I, need a, <laughs> I need a championship because this question comes up all the time. No, I, I get that for sure. And I think Dak is a good player. Um, I also, when I mentioned that I don't think, what was the exact quote again? I don't think that it's likely just because he got a new deal, something along the lines right. of that. Yep. I think that I was, because remember, when, it, when we were talking about this current situation, Dak just got his new deal. And we talked about him getting his new deal before we mentioned what you asked for in return for Dak. And I did say just because he got a new deal. Um, so in my eyes, I think I can't go back to two months ago and know exactly what I was thinking. But I feel like I was saying if Chris wasn't getting a first round pick before he got his new deal, why would he after? So well, I think I, I think in Dak's in Dak's situation, and we don't need to spend you know tons of time talking about it, but I think in, in Dak's uh, position in general, coming off an injury like he did, getting the contract that he did, which I, I will go on record saying I think that's a bit too much for him. I mean, he's making almost Pat Mahomes money for coming off a real bad injury, and he's not as talented as Pat Mahomes. So, um, but getting that type of vote of confidence from the Cowboys, I think absolutely answers a lot of question marks about his future, uh, especially when it comes to dynasty values. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, to sum up my, my point, it's all love. And, and to quote Alex at one point, um, you're entitled to your opinion. It can be wrong, but you're entitled to it. So. <laughs>
I don't like how this is being turned. Well, hey, it, it, you know, turning it on Alec, that probably hurts him a little bit more than it does Chase and I because it was Alec's own words. But, uh, Chase, did you have any final thoughts on that? I know Alec and I mentioned it, but did you have anything to say or do you just kind of agree with Chase or with Alec and I? So, I mean, for the most part, I agree with like you, you and Alec. And I've got stats I can share, but I just I, I was thinking about it. I just don't think today's the right episode. I imagine in the offseason we're going to kind of do an updated sort of rankings uh, once quarterbacks get their positions and stuff. I will save those stats for that episode because there's some hard-hitting numbers. Okay, we'll have to have Chris back on for that episode. So. Yes. Now, now, just to be clear, I'm not a Dak sympathizer. Okay? <laughs> I mean, he's I, getting paid too much. I think Dallas has a great offense when he's the quarterback. We saw when he leaves what that offense looks like. And also, uh, Dallas is one of my least favorite teams in this league. So, um, for sure, I, I'm... I'm Inclined to agree with you on a lot of the takes you might have about his uh, position in the league. But in terms of dynasty, I wanted to set the record straight. All right. Well, Chris, you must be a communist because Dallas is America's team. Are you not American? (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Well, boys, it is time for the mock draft, the 100th episode of the WNP podcast, the mock draft special. Uh, What we're doing is we initially had... Each of us picking every four positions. However, we got that out before the big San Francisco, Miami, Philadelphia movement. So the picks are kind of skewed a little bit. But how we're going to do this is we're going to be running through picks, talking about teams, where they're picking, why we think that they should take a certain player that we select. And this is going to be a different kind of perspective of a mock draft. It won't be a predictive mock draft. However, a mock draft that we think that if we were in charge of the team, this is what we would go with. So these are our picks based off our rankings and all that kind of fun stuff. But it's a mock draft. It's fun. It's going to be relaxing. It's going to be a great time. So let's kick it off now with the first overall selection. Alec, you're on the board with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Well, this is obviously an easy pick here. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. We talked about this in the quarterback episode, leaps and bounds, one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in like a, almost a decade. You know, great. Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Minshew's not the guy. Bringing in Urban Myers, the new head coach, want a whole new culture change. Bring him in. It's going to be a stud. Yeah, I mean, we really have nothing else to say about it. Like, it's it, this has been the consensus pick for three years. So whoever got this pick, it, it just what it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a little bit of talk on one of his recent interviews that maybe he's not in love with the game. He's got an outside life, so that means he hates football. Uh, he made some comments on Twitter yesterday, I, deb- I believe, kind of putting those comments to bed. You know, they, he... He was taken out of context, and he loves the game of football. It's part of his life. It's a passion for him, and he wants it. He wants a Super Bowl. So I think even if he didn't come out and put those comments to bed, he still should be the first overall pick. He's phenomenal. Chase, you are now on the board with the second overall pick with the New York Jets. So I think kind of similar boat. I mean, it's going to be Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. This has kind of been what's been talked about for how, you know, really ever since the Jets got this pick, it, it was kind of sound like, oh yeah, they're, they're big Zach Wilson fans. Then once they traded Sam Darnold, it became pretty obvious that that's the move. I, I love this pick. Uh, Zach Wilson has grown a lot on me, especially after the season, watching highlights, learning about like all these quarterbacks. And I agree, definitely consensus number two player in the draft. 
And I think there can be some arguments with Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. It all depends on how your board shapes up. Uh, I've had these two flip-flopping a couple of times. Chris, are you a Zach Wilson guy or are you a Justin Fields guy? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely a Zach Wilson guy. Um, I, I, I still have Justin Fields as the second-best quarterback um, in my personal rankings, but I, I honestly... I was sort of not a Zach Wilson guy before I was looking at film, but when you go review the film for both of these players, uh, yeah, they're they're two and three. I don't care what order you have them in. Uh, you, you, it's uh, you know whatever preference you have. So, well, Chris, let's now move on to your first pick, and then right after you even have your second pick, San Francisco on the clock right now. Who are you taking? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you guys got the memo, but you need a good quarterback in this league to win meaningful games. So um, with San Francisco trading up to three here, obviously the writing's on the wall. It's pretty obvious they're, they're, they need a quarterback and they're taking it. Um, but what makes this, I think, uh, draft so interesting from a quarterback perspective is that so many teams last season had uh, above average talent across their team and they had below average quarterback play. And there's, I mean, I, I have them listed here. There's probably like nine or 10 teams and they all basically pick in the top half of this draft that need better quarterback play. So is this the best quarterback prospect pool we've ever had? No, but there's a chance that the first four picks in this draft are quarterbacks and five quarterbacks go in the top 10, both of which have never happened before. So um, it's super interesting. Um, for the sake of this mock draft, I'm happy San Francisco was the team that traded up because uh, it makes me excited to, to make this pick. Um, yeah, San Francisco, their team is going to be much, much improved. Their defense was killed by injuries last year. They're going to be much healthier. Their offensive weapons will be healthy. Um, at the end of the day, their biggest need was, was better consistent, uh, quarterback play. So, um, the, the pick here is Justin Fields, uh, quarterback out of Ohio state. And also the, the rumors about them not knowing what they're doing with this pick. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? I think this is complete BS. I think it's a, a, a smoke screen and the media is eating it up. You don't trade up for three to three for Mac Jones. He's available later. Maybe you trade directly with Philly at six. He's going to be there at six. Um, and also you don't sell the farm for a pick like this and you, you don't know uh, what you're doing with the pick. I'm not buying it. I think, I think they're taking Justin Fields and that's personally who I would pick with this team. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with this pick at all. It, it makes a lot of sense. If they really traded up to draft Mac Jones, like, it's an absolute joke. So uh, this this pick is probably what I would do in, in the same boat. Um, you know, I'm a big Trey Lance fan, so it'd be fun if they took him too. You know, investing that much capital into him. But Justin Fields just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of a Trey Lance hater in past podcasts. So I think if you take anyone other than Justin Fields here, it's just a dumb pick at that point. So, um so I've got my next pick is Atlanta. Um, so the first question I, I had with Atlanta was, are you rebuilding or are you trying to win now? Um, this this The thing is, is you have so many options with this pick. Obviously, you can trade back. There's been a lot of talk about the, them potentially doing that. And they could uh, between this podcast and when the actual NFL draft happens, that could be the case. Um, or you could pick any number of positions or players that make sense. Um, but since I'm the GM in this scenario, uh, I'm not giving up on Matt Ryan quite yet. Um, I think he's got at least a year or two of good football left. Their offense is always really good with him. Even if he's playing uh, sort of poor, uh, they've got the weapons in place right now to win. So um, I, I'm sticking with Matt Ryan. This team has two very big needs, glaring needs, and that's edge rusher and secondary. 
The only problem here is that there's no good value to have at the, at the fourth pick for, uh, especially for an edge rusher, but um, there's good cornerbacks in this draft for sure with Sertain or Caleb Farley or JC Horn, but none of them are worth the top five picks. So um, in terms of value and need for this team, I think this pick boils down to two options and that's Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell. Um, it's, it's enticing. Their offense would look so good with Kyle Pitts and I'm a big Kyle Pitts believer and you're not going to tell me that's a bad pick if that's what Atlanta does. But personally, if, if you decide to move on from Matt Ryan next year or in two years, Penny Sewell is the type of player that you want that can help you win now and protect your future quarterback, whoever that may be. So this pick is uh, Penny Sewell, uh, offensive tackle from Oregon. Very interesting because I, I know in a lot of mock drafts recently, and obviously this is not a predictive mock draft. Most of the mock drafts we see out there are predictive mock drafts. We see either a quarterback or Kyle Pitts. I like the Penny Sewell pick because, like you said, if Matt Ryan's not here in a couple years, Penny Sewell is going to be that guy for 10 to 15 years, going to be that uh, very good pass blocking blindside tackle and. I think it's a good pick overall. Yeah, and they have some nice interior offensive linemen, so to kind of supplement that with some good tackles, it makes a ton of sense. But just because we've seen so little of it, I really wonder if this is the move. Like when they come draft day, I really think they're going to try to trade this pick when it gets down to it. Obviously, that's something that's so hard for us to predict, though. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I obviously think Penny Sewell is a generational talent, going to be great in the NFL, solid pick for Atlanta, but I also think that there is a good chance that they trade down uh, to get acquire some more assets for that absolutely well Alec you are now on the board with the fifth overall pick the Cincinnati Bengals this is the most important team in football (laughs) right now so make sure that you do the right thing all right well Chris definitely made my decision here a little bit easier I was also flip-flopping between Kyle Pitts and Penny Sewell I know a lot of people including Joe Burrow are lobbying for Jamar Chase but I think that that would be a silly pick because they still have Tyler Boyd, still have T, just drafted T. Higgins. You know, they have a great young duo there. But their O-line is atrocious, so that's why I would like Sewell would have been a good pick here over Chase. But I'm definitely going to go Kyle Pitts. Um, I think it definitely still adds a weapon along with Higgins and Boyd, but it adds a different type of weapon. Now, you're gonna, you don't want to be running those wide, three wide receiver sets all the time. And with Pitts, you can keep him on the field pretty much the entire game, always that offensive threat. Decent enough run blocking and generational talent at tight end. And he actually came out and said that he thinks he's going to be the greatest tight end of all time. And I love that energy. I cannot wait to see him in the orange and black. Yeah, I I mean, this pick is... If if Penny Sewell goes at this point, that's what you got to do. I'm fully on board on the Penny Sewell train if he's available for the Bengals. I I think Jamar Chase is a player that you can't miss on either. But you have a bigger hole on offensive line and you have a bigger hole at tight end. Go and fill those holes because there's odds are there's still going to be a good receiver in the second, third round. Even if not, there's some decent receivers next year and you're going to have a better free and receiver class next year too. So the Bengals can make it work without drafting a receiver. Get something that you don't have. I'd like to first thank Chris for taking Penny Sewell because I am in the boat of take skill position first round. There's really good offensive linemen in the second round and I'm a Kyle Pitts guy. I I agree. I think that Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, when it comes to their potential and their ceiling, they're right up there next to each other. But Kyle Pitts is an absolute weapon that can play on the inside, on the offensive line, but also on the outside. Play him in the slot. Play him wherever you want. 
I love Kyle Pitts, so I love this pick from you, Alec. Great job. Thank you. All right, now the big guns come out as Mike is on the clock for the next two picks. Uh, I originally had number three, but of course the trades, uh, you know, kind of shook it up a little bit. So with the sixth overall pick, the Miami Dolphins select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. I think this is pretty, pretty straightforward. I feel like the top three prospects that aren't quarterbacks are Penny Sewell, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase, the three that just went. Uh, I think that Miami could be looking offensive line, but I don't think Rashawn Slater has the ceiling that a Jamar Chase would. Uh, so adding Jamar Chase with Devontae Parker, with Will Fuller, I think that's just a great combination. So I'm excited for Miami. And personally, I if Miami stayed at the number three spot, I would have taken quarterback. I'm not a true believer in Tua. However, because they traded out, because they went down to six, yes, there's quarterbacks still on the board. However, I feel like I have to respect their wishes because if I were to make this trade, which I didn't, but if I were to make it and I just hop into the GM shoes, that would mean I have complete trust in Tua. I don't, but because they did that, I feel like we got to build around Tua rather than replace him. That's why you bring in Jamar Chase. Yeah, kind of like you said, I would also take a quarterback if I were the Dolphins, if I stay in that three spot. But trading down obviously shows their trust. And Will Fuller, as you mentioned, you know, he's kind of just a Band-Aid for one year. You're going to rip him off and probably let him go to free agency next year. Get a guy like Jamar Chase. He can be your alpha receiver. Devontae Parker can be your supplemental help. And then you can figure out what to do in the slot, and you're good to go. Personally, I am also not a Tua believer, but I really hate when a team drafts a quarterback two years in a row with a high pick. So I think even if they were at three, it would have been silly for them to take a quarterback, but I love the Jamar Chase pick for sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to shake the draft up now, and Uh-oh. it's going to hurt Chris. I know that, but it's okay because the Detroit Lions, they're in a rebuild. Jared Goff is not enough. Give me Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. I think that uh, I talked about how Sam Darnold with the Carolina pick and Jared Goff with the Detroit pick. Those two players are not enough for me not to take a quarterback. So that's why I go Trey Lance. I'm not a Jared Goff believer. I think Trey Lance has a tremendous ceiling. He can sit behind Jared Goff for a year, maybe even two. And this team is is in a weird spot. They got to go through a whole rebuild. And if you can get your quarterback here, why not do it? Go ahead, hater. <laughs> I am so mad at you, Mike. I did, I did you so well with Kyle Pitts, and you just had to hit me right in the heart with the Trey Lance pick. I, if it was Justin Fields at this pick, I would be praising it. I would love that if he fell all the way to seven. But the fact that we are getting Trey Lance, a guy who will not start in the NFL for two years, and who's he going to learn under Jared Goff? Like, we have a young coaching staff. I don't think, like, what's Anthony Lynn going to do for him? Like, like Herbert had way more skill than Lance, so it was obviously easier for him to shape something out of Herbert. But bringing him into a new scheme, like a guy that's going to take so much like building and stuff, it's just, no, I hate this pick so much. I bet you, I mean, unless he goes somewhere where he, there's clearly a quarterback who's not going anywhere for a couple of years, kind of like you know, Aaron Love's, Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation, excuse me, I bet you Trey Lance starts before Justin Fields does. Well, the other thing is, is people are forgetting Jared Goff is 26, 27, and he's made it to a Super Bowl. And yes, you can put most of that on Sean McVay, but he still has gone farther than Stafford. Give him a chance. Look, Mike, you you said that I that you would make me upset with this pick. Maybe it's because I have Carolina next. Maybe it's because you think I'm, I'm not a Trey Lance believer. 
more recently, I'm a big Trey Lance believer. Uh, and absolutely, I would prefer Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence here. But if Trey Lance is on the board here, and I'm, I'm going to spend a little extra time because we're we're based in the Detroit area and this is my team. Absolutely, you take Trey Lance. No, here. you don't. This is, no, this is don't. a rebuilding team. You don't have your quarterback for the future. If Goff pans out, awesome. You've got him for the next two years. You can re-sign him to whatever you want. But uh, listen, I... I'm not upset because Carolina's the next pick and that's who I had. And I'm, I'm definitely not upset because uh, if Trey Lance is the starter week two, week five uh, next season, I'm going to be there to watch because that's going to be exciting football, even if he sucks. I mean, like, let's let's be honest. It's it's exciting football. Uh, and that's all you need out of Detroit. So I love this pick. Absolutely. And I think that this is kind of a this is well, it's obviously a future pick. But also, when I'm looking down the road, I don't think Jared Goff's the guy. When I look at next year's draft class, I take Trey Lance over all of them. Like a couple quarterbacks out of next year's class, but overall, I think Trey Lance's ceiling is much higher than anyone coming out next year. The following year, you could look at maybe DJ Oigalile out of Clemson, but really, I think you go with the guaranteed ceiling, which the ceiling might not pan out, but Trey Lance, I think, is is, is a great pick. And uh, that's how I'll end it. Chase, or Chris, we can move on to your next pick at Carolina, number eight. Yeah, so um, obviously priority number one for Carolina, same rationale with San Francisco. You need a top quarterback in this league to win meaningful games. This Carolina team is a pretty decent team. They, they finished 5-11 and 11 last year. But if if any five and eleven, uh, good five and eleven exists, that was it. Because I, I I think this Carolina team is a lot closer to winning uh, than a lot of people maybe give them credit for. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater is not it. All right, the, the guy the guy's a great backup. He's had a, a bit of a rough career up to this point, but he he's not going to win you meaningful games late in the season. So obviously, priority number one for this team was addressing the quarterback position. Normally, I would be all over. Uh, all over you, Mike, for taking Trey Lance, because Mac Jones is a bad pick here, um, in my opinion, and I, I'd be left scrambling. But luckily, they they got uh, Sam Darnold, obviously, who's going to be the presumptive starter. Um, and I think this takes, personally, I think this takes Carolina out of the quarterback per- discussion for this draft. I think you ride the Darnold wave this year and draft for day one starters to win now. Um, so this team, their biggest needs are offensive line, defensive line, and cornerback. Um, between these three positions, I mentioned this before, you're not going to get good value with defensive line here, obviously. So you take offensive line or corner, um, you can, you can draft the skill position like wide receiver. There's, you know, you still got, uh, Devante Smith, um, or, um, yeah, Jalen Waddle. Sorry. Um, I mean, you've got DJ Moore, but you lost Curtis Samuel. Robbie Anderson is in the last year of his contract, so you can go that route, but, Ultimately, I think you draft for your biggest need and you protect your new quarterback. Uh, that's why the pick here is Rashawn Slater, uh, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Um, this offensive line will not be a top unit this year. I think Slater, uh, he's a true jack-of-all-trades on the offensive line. He can go in at tackle. He can go in at guard. He's going to upgrade your, your, your line twofold, right? Wherever he slots in, you get better, and then you can rearrange your line and make it much better at that point. And let me just add this little nugget in. The three years that Sam Darnold's been in this league with the Jets, their offensive line, according to PFF, ranked in 2018, 19, and 20, right? They ranked 25th, 28th, and 29th, respectively, in those three years. 
So I don't know if you guys know how to count, but you're going in the wrong direction. Um, so I think this year you you see what Sam can do with a bit more protection than what he's used to, and I think that makes this Carolina team super exciting to watch. I like the pick. It's a good one. I do too. Well, let's move on to Alec with Denver at the ninth overall selection. Who's Denver looking at? Well, originally they were looking at Trey Lance, mainly because I've always been a Drew Locke believer, but I just don't think it's it. He had solid receivers last year until, obviously, Cortland Sutton got injured, but still good enough. They had a good defense on the other side, but they just couldn't win games. Uh, But since Trey Lance is gone, I don't think Mac Jones deserves to go this high. I am going to be going Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Obviously, they still could use some help on that defense. It is like they still have Justin Simmons, you know, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller. Like they still have some solid pieces and stuff, but they do still need to get better in the secondary. Um, so I, why not go top, the top corner in the draft, in my opinion? So I think that'll definitely help sure up their secondary with uh, him and Justin Simmons out there. I do want to say this is 100% what I would do as well. But I think there's zero chance that this actually does happen. I think him falling in the draft, Caleb Farley, that is, is a real concern because of this injury. I don't I don't think it's going to like be a concern for him in the NFL. I think he's going to be able to be fine and go and have tremendous success. So I would make this pick too, but let's just let's see what actually happens on draft day, you know? Yeah. And if you listen to our last podcast, we did our corner and safety rankings. Uh, both Chase and Alec had Farley at their number one. I had Farley at my number three, so... This wouldn't be the guy I take, but I think generally Denver needs to go corner here, so I like the pick. Chase, you're up next with Dallas. I I mean, I got to say this is a pretty easy slam dunk pick for me. Um, I, I don't remember where I read it or who I read it from, but I remember earlier in the offseason, I saw Patrick Sertain is going to be a Dallas Cowboy, and that is the case. It, it makes too much sense. They, they could really add a true, you know, a good number one corner. Him and Trayvon Diggs together would be tremendous. Uh, you know, if... If one of those top two offensive tackles would have dropped, maybe you could have gone there. But with them both being gone, it just makes the pick way easier. Patrick Sertain's the dude. He's going to come in. He's the safest bet probably of any player in this draft, I would honestly say. I think he has the lowest floor, or the highest floor, excuse me. Like he, He's guaranteed to be a very good starter, and he could be an all-pro, all pro-bowl type guy very easily. Absolutely, and you need a day-one starter on this defense for Dallas. That defense is the reason they were so bad last year. When Dak was in, they were... Phenomenal on offense. The defense is where their downfall was. But with the 10th overall selection, uh, 11th overall selection, excuse me, the New York Giants. This is a tough one for me. I'm thinking either offensive line or defensive line. I definitely want to hit the trenches. Um, They lost Kevin Zeitler this offseason. They cut him, actually. Uh, So they could use offensive line, maybe an Elijah Vera Tucker However, they were last in pass rush win rate last year. So I got to go Jalen Phillips out of Miami, the edge. I think that this guy is so talented. If he stays healthy, he's going to be an all-timer this year. I think that what I see out of this kid is a lot higher than the general consensus. But Chase, I feel like you agree. Jalen Phillips, phenomenal pass rusher. Yeah, I think he's awesome, and I think he's bound to have great success in the NFL as long as he can stay healthy. He has horrible concussion issues in the past, so hopefully you know, he, he can keep a healthy brain and not just football, live a healthy life going forward. But I just I don't know if the Giants make this move here. Uh, the, the, the Giants, they have a history of being, or having affinity, excuse me, towards the linebacker position, and if Micah Parsons were here, I think this would be a slam dunk pick for them just because of that affinity. Maybe they need that pass rush a little more. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad pick. I, another kind of situation where I just don't necessarily think it will be the pick. 
I actually, when I was doing most of my mock drafts, I actually, I actually predicted you picking Quiddy Pay here. I mean, mainly because I'm higher on Pay, and I just put my top edge rusher there for the Giants. I think that they should go edge. I don't know if they will, because like Chase said, uh, I think that they might go linebacker. But I, I like the, the position pick, not necessarily the player. I wasn't as high on Jalen Phillips as you guys, like we talked about on the edge rusher show. Um, but solid pick, like the position. Yeah, I think... Uh- the Giants obviously uh, address their biggest need here, in my opinion. Um, my, my only worry is that there's, at least in my opinion, there's not a clear standout uh, talent as an edge rusher in this draft. I mean, everyone has a different number one. There's guys that could go in the first or in the third. It's all over the place. So are you getting good value with this pick? I, I'm not, I, I don't know. He could be, he's a great player. I don't know if it's it's worth it, but you know what? The Giants took Daniel Jones uh, with with their first round pick, and and that surprised everyone. So I'm not going to put it past them to take take a guy that they that they believe in that might not be you know uh, great value. So all right, so uh, on to me with the Philadelphia pick. Uh, I, I've been I'm trying to approach this mock draft as a kind of mix between what I think the teams will do and what I should do. Because if I think the team's going to make a horrible, completely wrong decision, I'm say no. This is what you should do. But if it, if it's kind of you know a fine decision, then it is what it is. Personally, I have Devontae Smith ranked higher than Jalen Waddell, but if the Eagles were taking a receiver, I would be shocked if it wasn't Jalen Waddell here, honestly. They, they could really use a weapon for Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Rager, is he the dude? No, he, he's not. He, he was, should not have been a first-round pick. He, he's not just he's really not that good of a receiver. He's someone he can be you know, a decent kind of supplemental piece, but Jalen Hurts needs weapons up front. He can't run the ball 19 times a game again. It, it's just not going to work. They're going to be able to shut that down. So let him get in a groove, get a good receiver to let him get, get the ball moving around and see what he can do. You know, it's so tough hearing the like having the hearing you have the Eagles draft another receiver because I feel like that place is just turning into a black hole for rookie wide receivers. And I love Jalen Waddle. I have him above Devontae Smith. I think he is a great talent. And obviously, it's one of their biggest needs at wide receiver. But it it's just it. Makes me so nervous, and I don't want to see Jalen Waddle have a very crappy career just because he goes to Philadelphia. That's completely understandable. But Alec, we'll now move on to Los Angeles. Your pick at number thirteen. Uh, I feel like Jalen Waddle could have been a player that we could have seen go there. However, he goes the pick before. He actually was um, an option for me, but um, the guy that I originally had here is still available, and I'm going with protection for Justin Herbert. I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Um, Obviously, their O-line wasn't amazing last year, um, and obviously Herbert still showed out, did amazing. So if you get him more protection up front, give him more time in the pocket to be able to like hurl that ball downfield, nuts. Yeah, this sucks because I've done hundreds of mock drafts, and every time I just hope that the 14 pick, Elijah Vera Tucker, is here for the Vikings. I think it makes so much sense. Uh, it makes sense for the Chargers, too, so good on them, but this sucks. It continues to build around Justin Herbert. I mean, they brought in two great offensive linemen uh, in free agency. They bring in another one here, probably the guy with the highest floor, so a very nice pick as Justin Herbert continues to be the easy future for this team. Yep, so now now we're moving on to me. Uh, this Where I have a little more uh, of a question mark, as I just mentioned, it's the Minnesota pick. Uh, you know, you could go more protection here. Maybe you could go for the defensive backs because, obviously, that defense was just a highway with no speed limit last year. I mean, they, <laughs> they just they just got beat 24-7. But I think I'm going to go with the protection on a, a, up front. Just 
I, I don't know. It, it just feels like the move for me. So Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle, you know, he's a guy you, you can use him on the inside. You can use him on the outside. Uh, I think he's going to offer him a little bit of flexibility, however they need to use him. Uh, they can get that protection, and I still think that there's value to be had later in the draft for the Vikings where they can address some defensive holes and try to figure it out from there. Personally, I would have gone corner here just because I feel like that's more of a glaring need than offensive line for them right now, especially because the offensive class, offensive line class is so deep. I also don't think I would have gone with um, Derisaw here. Probably would have gone Tevin Jenkins or Jalen Mayfield, but uh, I mean, it's definitely a pick I could see them making uh i think derisaw is a first rounder but i definitely would have leaned more corner here derisaw is my number four offensive lineman uh so if i were going offensive lineman here it would be derisaw the the thing is you gotta think if you're minnesota do you want to help rebuild that defense or do you want to just go all offense and win it with your offense you got great pieces thielen jefferson dalvin cook Christian Derrissaw will just improve those pieces. So if that's what Minnesota wants to do and just try to blow people out 40 to, or not blow them out, but have high scoring games and win like 40 to 34, then that could be possible. So Christian Derrissaw pick, I like it. Um, and Minnesota's defense, well, they're just going to be left on the back burner and hopefully they don't give up too much. All right. New England's pick number 15. This is really tough for me. Um, Cause Originally, I was thinking I was going Mac Jones, but Micah Parsons is still here. So that's really tough because and linebacker isn't even a top two need for New England. Uh, so I'm going to go Micah Parsons. I think he's fallen too far out of Penn State linebacker. I think he's just the most valuable piece right now. He's got the highest ceiling out of the people remaining. Um, he's a great day one linebacker that can start for you. He's good pass rushing. He can help protect against the pass uh there's a there's a lot of stuff that he can do and i think this is just the best value available right now yeah it makes a lot of sense and mac jones is definitely tempting here but i i could see this done and really if the patriots are going to go quarterback i think they go all in and try to trade it for that fourth overall pick so if, if they don't make that trade kind of like how obviously we don't have that going on here um i i think if a quarterback falls some of that spot and it's mac jones i think they might pass on him anyway so not bad pick at all I agree. I like Michael Parsons there. Yeah, so I don't know about you guys. So th this is Arizona right now. Um, this Arizona team was so tough for me to understand and make decisions for. Um, on one hand, they're full of young talent on both sides of the ball. You're trying to turn a corner on your rebuild. You went and got J.J. Watt and A.J. Green to try and win now. And on paper, their needs are, are really actually pretty few. They don't really have too many glaring needs. Um, so normally I'd say this team is, uh, in the right direction for playoff burst. You draft the player that impacts you the most this year to help win now. But I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but William Hill, uh, which is a well-known Vegas sports book, just published their win total projections for all the teams in the NFL for this coming year. And their division is, is shaping up to be one of the most, uh, competitive divisions in the, in football, Right now, they have the Rams at 10.5 wins. They have San Francisco at 10 wins. They have Seattle at 10 wins. And last is Arizona at 8 wins. Now, remember, this is a 17-game season now, so this is a losing record. This is an 8-9 season, which blows me away that this Arizona team could potentially have a losing record because have you done a bad job rebuilding? No, I think they've done a great job. But do you make the playoffs this year? Maybe not. Um, so... I think uh, 
there's a big sigh of relief for me and for Arizona with this mock draft because uh, I think there's a very obvious, I think you draft the most glaring need and that's cornerback here. Um, Notoriously cornerbacks uh, don't make an impact the rookie year, but I think you address your biggest need with good value and you double down on your only advantage over your division rivals right now, which is young talent for the future. So you hope that in two or three years you can, you can really start competing in this division um, so the pick here is J.C. Horn. Uh, he's my my second cornerback ranked. I think uh, uh, you thank you thank Caleb Farley going first over, first cornerback off the board, and uh, and you go home happy with this pick. I 100 percent agree. I love J.C. Horn. He is my number two as well. However, in the rankings that we did, I said that he's my guy. This is a guy that I absolutely love. Um, I think right now Sertain has the higher higher floor. However, Horn, the way he's just been able to grow over his career in South Carolina and the ferocity that he brings to the game, I absolutely love it. So I love this pick with J.C. Horn going to Arizona. I definitely think it's a great pick as well. Adam uh, ranked, I think, fourth, so a little bit lower, but I also talked on that episode that my top five are all very close. I love all of them. Obviously, definitely a glaring need for Arizona to help boost that defense, and I definitely think that if, if – he is in Arizona, maybe playing that number two corner spot. He could make a immediate impact and play very well. If any of these three corners are available at that spot, they're running to the podium and selecting them. Like it, it's just how it's going to happen. So this is a great pick. All right. Well, now I have Las Vegas, and they have two pretty glaring needs. I think that is offensive line and linebacker. Um, but with the offensive linemen that are still available, I am a big Jalen Mayfield and Tevin Jenkins believer, but... I'm going to have to go my number one ranked linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. I absolutely love him. I talked about it on the other episode. Uh, he's fast. Uh, he can guard running backs, tight ends very well down the field, even maybe some slower receivers if he had to. Uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but still I think he is a little bit uh, not as versatile as like an Isaiah Simmons, but can still help be an anchor for your defense, and I think John Gruden's going to go with him. I like the pick. I love I love Koromoa, and uh, he's got so much versatility. So to have him back there with Vegas's defense, which is is really lacking at this point, uh, I think it's a really good overall pick. Yeah, I I think it's a fine pick, but I just I would really dis- discourage against them not taking an offensive lineman here. Really, they cut three of their offense linemen or traded them. They really need to add as much support as they can if they want to be a decent team. Like we've mentioned before, I still think that there's, this offensive line class is so deep they could get at least, like a very good starter in the second round still, so that's why I'm more going the exciting pick here for them. Absolutely. Well, we move now on to Miami at number 18. Um, this is a spot where a lot of different things could happen. I think there's a possibility they could go offensive line. I think there's a possibility they could address running back. Um, the defense is pretty good overall. However, if there's someone they love, uh, maybe they go there. However, I'm going to go back to running back, continue to build around Tua, and we're going to bring in Travis Etienne, my number one running back out of Clemson. Uh, I think this is a guy that can run out of the backfield, catch some passes, uh, good straight line speed, uh, just another weapon for Tua to use because if you're building around them, you might as well get them the best weapons possible. 
Yeah, and if they're going to running back, this is who they're going. It's what, kind of what fits their offense. You know, we saw them use Miles Gaskin in a very heavy workload situation last year, and he's just nothing special at all. So if, if they're going to run the ball the way they did, you got to get some talent in there. You know, Najee's my number one guy, but ETN is probably their better fit here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've I've talked to the guys about this before. I I'm you know ETN's a talented guy. I think the fit in Miami is really good. But I think this is a very risky pick. I think this is a uh, a surefire way to bomb your draft after getting two first-round picks this year. And the reason I say this is because Najee Harris, in my opinion, is the more talented back. ETN's a better fit, sure. But, Mike, you mentioned uh, he's got straight-line speed. He's got the ba- best pass-catching skills out of any back in this draft. But that's about where it ends for me. I mean, I, I, don't, I see Travis ETN as a potential bust. Um, he, he's my number three running back. So he's no, no slouch, but for the 18th pick, it's tough. It's tough for me. First round running backs, unless you're, dra- you're drafting a, a stud, uh, it's tough for me. So, so this is a, this is a risky pick in my opinion. This is definitely the highest I've seen a running back go in most of the mock drafts that I've done or looked at. Uh, but I personally like the pick Etienne's my number one running back. I've loved him for a long time at Clemson. I think that this will really help boost their offense, give them that little bit of edge to help, especially to help Tua out with that pass catching ability. So a little bit of a reach, but still a good pick. Yeah. And I think that Miami is the first spot to really look at running back because the teams ahead of them, you're not really looking to go running back there. And if you are, the value is really not there. Uh, Miami, I think is the first spot that could actually make sense. Um, And like Chris said, he thinks ETN could be a bust um, that just comes down to preferences because we see a lot of different people rank a lot of running backs a lot of different ways. Uh, I've seen Najee Harris down at three. I've seen ETN at three. I've seen Javante Williams at three. There's a bunch of different things you can go there. But with my 19th overall pick with Washington, man, um, I think I'm just going to go Mac Jones, honestly, because I like Mac Jones. I think he's a day one guy. I think Washington is a good quarterback away from being a real contender. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic, who is a is a very good player, but he's a vet, obviously. And I I don't really get all the Mac Jones hate recently. I think the reason everyone's hating on Mac Jones more recently is because of the rumors that he may go to San Francisco at three. I don't think he's a third overall pick worthy um, candidate. However, I think that he's definitely a first round quarterback. I liked him a lot when we were doing our quarterback coverage. So I got to take him with Washington's pick here. This would be just an insane slap in the face to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I swear everywhere he goes, they end up drafting a quarterback, but I definitely do like this pick. Um, I'm surprised he fell all the way down to 19. And if he is there at 19, I think Washington absolutely needs to pick him. Yeah, I've got him graded as a like a mid to late first round pick. So this is a kind of about a spot where I would want him to go, I should say, in, in terms of value. So it, it makes sense. Washington's a team. Yeah, as you said, they're one good quarterback away. Fitz isn't that dude. He's just a transition piece. So even if you don't feel comfortable starting Mac Jones day one, you know, COVID offseason, maybe you want him to learn the playbook a little more. You can go ahead and start Fitz. He has all this NFL experience and Mac Jones could take over at some point. So uh, at at 20 now, I'm, I've got Chicago. Um I don't know uh, who just got slapped in the face harder, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Chicago, because if Mac Jones is there for Chicago at 20, 
you take them. I think Washington and Chicago are in very similar situations with their quarterback. Chicago has said Andy Dalton's their guy. Uh, he's not. He's not the long-term solution. And if Mac Jones is there, in fact, in this situation, I think Chicago very well could just trade up ahead of Washington if Mac Jones is still there in like the 16, you know, 15, 16 range. Um, but yeah, for sure, this is tough on Chicago if this actually happens. Now, when I look at the Chicago team, I don't know what in the world they're doing. You release Kyle Fuller, you sign Desmond Trufant uh, as his replacement. We're all Detroit fans here. We know how that worked out in Detroit. This guy is one injury away from retirement. They're looking to trade Akeem Hicks and Anthony Miller. They got Andy Dalton as their starter. I'm This team completely lost me. I don't know what where they're headed. Um, so whether they're in a rebuild or not, however you slice it, I think this is a lost year for this team. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know what, Chicago's a division rival, so I'm going to trash them regardless, but I think this is uh, objective truth I'm speaking. So, um, bottom line with this pick, you've got a, a lot of needs, uh, on this team. So your opinion is as good as any, um, if any of the quarterbacks are here, you take them. If any of the three quarter cornerbacks are here, you take them. This isn't the case for this pick. Um, I think you you do your best to, to keep Andy Dalton standing upright. Uh, you take offensive tackle. I was hoping Elijah Vera Tucker or Christian Darisol would, would be here. They're not. This is worst case scenario for Chicago, at least in my opinion. So this pick, I'm going to take Tevin Jenkins. I'm a big a believer in Tevin Jenkins. I think he's a talented guy. He's my third uh, tackle or fourth tackle with Penny Sewell. Uh, we'll say fifth if you if you include Slater in that too. But um, yeah, I think you you address the need and you you pray that uh, Andy Dalton's your your solution this year. But uh, yeah, that's the pick, Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense for the way this draft board falls. I kind of agree. Nightmare for Chicago, but screw him anyway. Who cares about him? <laughs> um, Tevin Jenkins is a guy that I, I think he could you know he could come in day one. He was a little bit lower in my rankings if you listen to our our offensive lineman rankings. But it's not me disliking him. It's just me liking the guys ahead of him a little more. I think he can come in and be a a, a very good starter. So here, you know, this, this is good value. I like Tevin Jenkins here a lot too, but one thing that I could actually see happening, if they're willing to reach on Mitch Trubisky, maybe they're willing to reach on Kyle Trask and try to get that quarterback for the future and picking him at 20. If you're going to reach on a quarterback, reach on Kellen Mond. Don't reach on Kyle Trask. <laughs> Kyle Trask would be awesome here because it would just continue the downfall of Chicago, <laughs> and I would love that. <laughs> but, Alec, you're now up with pick 21, Indianapolis. You know, I feel like this is honestly a relatively easy pick here. Um, they have one pretty big need, and that is cornerback. I think that they go my personal favorite, not my top ranked, but my personal favorite corner here with Asante Samuel. Talked about him in the last episode. Athletic freak, knows how to play the game. A bunch of positives. Uh, and the one, the one thing is, is I don't know how exactly he will fit into Indianapolis. Frank Reich is a great coach, so I think he can make it work. Um, but yeah, I mean, very talented player and, uh, definitely their biggest position need. Yeah. I mean, I've got no problem with it. Asante Samuel was a guy that I ranked as a second round pick, but he was the highest ranked second round pick I have. So at that point, you know, taking him like mid to late first round, isn't a big deal. That's, that's not too far of a reach or anything. I like his talent a lot. Um, there's just some other guys in this draft that I kind of like a little, a little more than him, especially at the corner position. I think he can come in and, you know, he, he can be that dude. It's just he, he's got to win despite his stature, and I think he can. But if, if he has any problems, they're really going to be kind of dominated on because of that stature. Yeah, I like Asante Samuel a lot. Um, and as corner is a position of need for Indianapolis, 
I feel like they have another position of need, maybe not as much, um, but that's wide receiver. And I'm kind of surprised that Devontae Smith's still here at, at wide receiver. He won't be for long. I, I was thinking the same thing, and uh, if I wasn't as so, big of a Devontae right. Smith hater as I am, maybe I would have debated that. But since I also just re-signed T.Y., I feel like that. And Paris Campbell coming back, they already have a really crowded receiver room, so definitely would rather go corner. All right, Chase, you're up with Tennessee, and you said he won't be there for long. Is that foreshadowing for this pick? Yes, it is, as you, as you see on the screen right now. Um, Devontae Smith to pick. This is just it's just too good a value at this point. The guy just won the Heisman. You know, he's a tremendous talent. Um, and Tennessee, they, they just lost Corey Davis. They lost John Smith. They don't really have very exciting receiving weapons right now, other than AJ Brown. So you you bring in Devontae Smith. He can be your wide receiver two, uh, maybe even become your wide receiver one. And if he can be you know like a piece with AJ Brown in a passing offense, that's tremendous. You can get Tanhill throwing the ball a little more. Because, uh, I, I mean, obviously Derrick Henry can run the ball 400 times a season and be fine. But if you can have a good mix of a passing attack with Derrick Henry running the ball, you can be a really damn good team. And they already have a good defense. So this pick just makes too much sense. Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, he's my number three wide receiver, I think. I think he's right behind Jalen Waddell. It's those two right next to each other. Um, they lost Corey Davis. And so they bring in another super talented wide receiver in Devontae Smith. Having him and A.J. Brown lead the charge for this team, along with Derrick Henry, I love it. All right, me again. Uh, we got got the New York Jets, and you, you could go a couple ways here. You know, th- there's some things that you know, maybe they need a number one running back. Maybe they need another receiver. Maybe they need some protection. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I just I really think they could not go wrong getting a pass rusher, and Quiddy pays the dude here. Uh, it, it's it's nice value for them. He's going to come in and be a day one impact type guy. He's got all the tools you want out of a number one pass rusher. This, the production wasn't necessarily there. So he should get an opportunity here in New York and maybe he can do something. He was my number one ranked uh, edge rusher, like I mentioned earlier. So I absolutely love this pick. Um, I definitely think he'll help uh, bolster that uh, New York pass rush and just their defensive line in general. So, yeah, great pick. Yeah, I think the Jets need some help on that defensive line. Um, I feel like in real life what the Jets are actually going to do is they're going to take Zach Wilson, number two, and then they're just going to be like in awe of, oh, we got to build around Zach Wilson. So I feel like they go offense here again. Uh, I don't blame you for the quitty pay pick. Um, And, you know, this is your choice, not the Jets' choice. But I just feel like the Jets in real life, they're just going to like – I guess get foggy, a foggy head, and they're only going to be thinking offense all day. It's not impossible, but you, you got to have hope and faith for a new coaching staff, new management staff. You know, this isn't the Jets of old that you, you want to hope at least. Um, so it, you you, you got to just kind of bank on that they're going to make the right move, and this would be the right move. Well, Aziz is better, but okay. I, I definitely think that they they should get, like I think they'll be leaning defense with that second pick, mainly because their head coach is. Robert Salah, you know, a defensive, a former defensive coordinator. So, but we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, I'm here at, uh, pick 24 with Pittsburgh. Um, I think in general picking for teams this late can be challenging, uh, because right. All the top, top prospects are gone. Um, it can be tough to know if you're getting good value. Uh, but it can also be really fun because these are the teams that are Super Bowl contenders. Uh, they don't have a lot of needs and they can really go a lot of places with these picks that can, that can help them win now. And Pittsburgh isn't any exception. I think this is a really fun pick to make. They have a lot of really good options. Um, the two, the two most, uh, glaring needs for this team right now are offensive line and running back. 
Um, you just lost uh, James Conner in free agency, uh, but you also lost two Pro Bowl offensive linemen in Pouncey and Villanueva. Um, so I think we can all agree that the holes left behind on the offensive line are much bigger than the holes at running back. At least physically. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> physically. Um, now, for this reason, I told myself there was no way I don't go offensive tackle uh, in the first round here. As this mock has, has shaped up, tackles have, have gone off the board uh, relatively quickly, and I don't know if there's good value here. I mean, it's, it's sort of a shot in the dark if, if, if you don't go – uh, if you don't go tackle here. So, um, in fact, I, I told Mike and a few other friends of ours as recent as yesterday that I cannot reason taking a running back with this pick if there's good tackles on the board. Uh, however, it's potentially Big Ben's last year, and you need to make a run now. So the best-case scenario here, you pray you bring back Villanueva somehow next year. Even if it's on a one-year contract, you pray you get him back. And this pick, uh, you take, in my opinion, the best running back in this draft. You give your offense an immediate upgrade. So the pick here is Najee Harris, uh, running back out of Alabama. That's that's an interesting pick, in my opinion. I definitely would have gone offensive line, mainly because my number two ranked offensive tackle is Jalen Mayfield, and he is still available. I think that he would be a great fit in Pittsburgh. Um, but, I mean, it, it makes sense. I definitely do need a running back. They haven't had a good one since LaBelle. Um, and I think that Najee Harris could be their next big superstar running back, but I personally would have gone offensive tackle here. I also would have gone offensive line because I think you can't go wrong. This is a good offensive line class. I mean, Najee Harris is an awesome pick for the Steelers, too. The, the fit is tremendous. It's probably the best fit in the NFL for him, honestly. Uh, he, he's someone, he's got a lot of power, but he catches the ball well to the backfield, too. So this, this could work out really well in their favor, but if he if they don't have any protection on offense for Big Ben, you know, this guy's old and decrepit. He takes one hit, he's going to break into a 1,000 pieces. So I, I don't know if I can necessarily get behind it, but this would be tremendous for fantasy football. Travis Etienne is a first-round pick. Najee Harris is a first-round pick. Like, come on, bring it on. Well, Chris, I have to say those two might not be on board, but I absolutely am. With the first <laughs> overall pick in Johnny's League, are you kidding me? I would love to have Najee Harris on Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's been lacking that true run game since Lev Bell left. James Conner has never really been the dude. I, I get that he's had some decent stats, but when you actually watch him play, he's not the guy. So bringing in a true, talented power back like Najee Harris, I absolutely love it. And Chris, you mentioned that once we're getting down here in these later picks, uh, Super Bowl contenders, well, Alec, it's now your turn with Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was kind of hoping Chris would make my pick here a little bit easier because I have really been debating between two players. Um, and But I definitely, I'm going to have to go Jalen Mayfield. I was between him and Rashad Bateman because I still think that they need receiver help. But with Jalen Mayfield following all the way to 25, I, they definitely got to snap him up, help protect Trevor Lawrence, boost that O-line. Easy pick. Yeah, I knew once Mayfield fell, you were going to go with him here. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Like you just took Trevor Lawrence. You got James Robinson, who was a great running back last year, and you got to have faith in him because what he did last year is undrafted rookie running back. It was fantastic. So believe that he can do it again. Uh, if you want to add a piece later on, you know, in that spot, go for it. I've seen some people try to argue, oh, they should draft a running back or they should draft a receiver too. But they've got young receivers and they signed Marvin Jones as well. So just get this protection. Maybe you can go a defensive piece. This team has potential to be a lot better than some think next year. Absolutely agree. All right, Chase, you are up next with Cleveland. 
Yeah, so, uh, see, this is the thing with, with my mock draft. It all ended up, like, when I kept doing it myself, trying to figure out my picks, it all ended up being super easy picks for me. It's just the case again. It's Aziz Ojolari. Like, edge rusher, if, like, I know they just signed Jadavion Clowney, but this team has no holes, and I just think that's best value. The Browns are ready to be a legitimate Super Bowl contending team, and if you can bring in just a younger edge rusher, you can use Jadavion Clowney maybe a little more creative ways, or if he flops, then you've got Aziz and you're good to go. It just makes too much sense. Well, I'm not very happy about that pick because I've got Baltimore next, and that's who I was looking at. But uh, I think overall it's a solid pick. Uh, love Aziz Ojolari. I think with Jadavion Clowney being brought in, Cleveland would probably look elsewhere. Um, but I think overall, like you said, if Clowney for some reason boss or because it's only a one-year deal next year, you'll have Aziz there. So I think overall it's a pretty solid pick. I personally probably would have leaned linebacker, even though it would have been a little bit of a reach. Um, I do like Ojolari. I think it is a solid pick, but with bringing in Clowney, I feel like he's not going to get much playing time. So I, I probably would have gone Jamin Davis, maybe, but I mean, that's still a reach. But when you have as talented of a team as Cleveland, you're allowed to reach. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. If I was going to go uh, linebacker, I would probably go Zayman Collins here. And you could do that, and that'd be a fine pick. But, like, if I think Aziz is just a special kind of dude. He's just one of these really good edge rushers. So even if he, like, has to kind of sit and wait this year, oh, darn, you, you can let him just kind of watch and learn the NFL game a little bit more, and he can be an absolute monster a second year. Yeah, and I'm up next with Baltimore, like I said, at number 27. I was really hoping Aziz would fall for me there because he's my number two. And the top three needs for Baltimore are edge, safety, and offensive line, because we don't know what's happening with Orlando Brown. He wants to be a true left tackle. He doesn't want to play at right tackle anymore. Um, I'm between two players. I'm between Jason Owe. And I've even actually thought about Rashad Bateman here. But uh, I'm between Jason Owe and Trayvon Merrig. And I think that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Trayvon Merrig out of TCU. I didn't know if I was going to be picking safety in the first round. But I like Merrig a lot. And I think with Harrison Smith getting up there in age, he could be a nice fill-in piece once he retires. Yeah, so um, so my pick here, uh, I'm at 28 with New Orleans. Um, so the Saints, we're all aware of the salary cap uh, implications this year, and th- there was no other team affected most by this than the Saints. Um, they're picking 28 here because they had uh, one of the best defensive units in, in the league last year. And they had a, a, a pretty darn good offense as well. Um, but they were forced to completely decimate their roster, both on both sides of the ball, offense and de- defense, to get under the cap. Um, so that opens up holes for all over the field. I mean, you can, you can pick anywhere. Um, I think it's, it's really enticing here. Uh, you, can, you have your pick. You could take Bateman at wide receiver, but you have your pick of the crop for wide receivers other than the top three, that, that the consensus top three. Um, I, I think realistically New Orleans can take a, a wide receiver here, but um, there's two players that stood out to me. I think their needs are much bigger on the defensive side of the ball. That's where a lot of their their big cuts came from. Um, the first was JOK, uh, Jeremiah Owuso-Karamoa. He's already off the board. Uh, he's just, he's an athlete. The athleticism is top tier in this draft. He's like an Isaiah Simmons type player. He can be found all over the field. I think he makes an immediate impact on this defense. But since he's gone, uh, the only other guy, in my opinion, left on this board that has the skill set that can make uh, an impact in all facets of the game is Zaven Collins. So, so the, the pick here is Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. 
Um, yeah, like I said, he's got the skill set. Now, he's listed as linebacker or edge, depending on, on where you look. Uh, and it's because his pass rushing ability and his coverage um, ability, it's perhaps the most balanced out of any player in this draft. He's he's good in a lot of facets of the game. And I love myself some big linebackers. This guy's is 6'4", 260. So he's not, he's not considered an extremely mobile linebacker, but... Uh, man, he's got the all-around skill set, I think, to make up for his lack of range. So that's that's the pick here, Zayvon Collins. Yeah, I, I can't hate on the pick at all. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I just got to say, Alec, you're coming up with the Packers pick. I, if the Packers had these options at receiver and they didn't draft a receiver, they should be forced to fold their team. Speaking of which, if we are ready to move <laughs> on, I am going to go in true Green Bay Packer fashion here and not give Aaron Rodgers any help at all let's go stay on brand i am going to be going ifitu melanfanwu cornerback out of syracuse because green bay does not want to help aaron Rodgers. it's very evident they're not going to draft him a receiver they're going to keep going defense they're going to throw get someone to play opposite i can't remember his name off the top of my head jair alexander, jair alexander yeah help their defense out so i'm, I'm, I'm actually writing this in i'm actually writing ifitu melanfanwu in this yes this, this I'm not unpunked. No, you're not unpunked. Okay. Two melon, melon all right. This is our first write-in piece. We we got all these names, you know, at the bottom. They can just copy and paste. I got to write this one in. I like you, Fate Two Melon Fanu, a lot. Uh, I think the upside up there is absurd. Uh, however, I would say this is a little high for him. Uh, at least in my mind, I would think he's more of a a day two guy, um, a second rounder. Uh, but if Green Bay wants to continue to just absolutely destroy Aaron Rodgers' uh, chances of success by not helping him and giving him more weapons, then that's on them. I, I think Ifeitu Milanfanwu, the pick's already been made. Packers fans, I, I guess you can be happy with the upside that this guy has because there's a lot of upside. I wouldn't have taken him here, but he's a, he's a guy that I definitely am excited for. All right, so, so now that we're on to me, uh, the Buffalo Bills, they're on the clock. I proclaim this on one previous podcast. The Buffalo Bills are a good running back away from Super Bowl, and that doesn't change anything. Javante Williams is here on the board. It's just easy, you know, one, two, buckle my shoe pick. I think Chris is going to like that pick because obviously he likes Javante Williams, but I'm still a believer in Zach Moss. I mean, he's only going into his uh, second year. Didn't really get to be that feature back. But he sucks. Mm, he was solid. He did some. He did some good things, but... I'm a believer in Zach Moss still, but if they do draft Javante Williams, I think it is a good place for him, and I think that he could prosper and do very well with Buffalo. Yeah, I, I, I'm i a very big uh, Javante Williams believer, so um, I like the player. I, I love the fit in Buffalo. I don't think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are it. They're good depth pieces. They're not workhorses. Is this good value being in the first round? I don't know, but you know what? Go ahead, Buffalo. You're, you're Super Bowl contenders. Let's let's take the running back. I like this pick. And I've got three things to say. Uh, love Javante Williams to Buffalo. Two, a good running back away from a Super Bowl. Not sure if I agree with that. But then three, and the most important, uh, the Devin Singletary believer just said Zach Moss was trash. So that's very interesting. <laughs> True. I was a Devin Singletary <laughs> believer, and so were you. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. No, I, I never remember We had talks him. about him pr- I, prior to the draft. I told you that you should take Miles Sanders over Devin Singletary. We had talks. Yeah, Wait, I like Devin Singletary. It's a nice failure. Daryl Henderson over Miles Sanders. Hey, I got Preston Williams out of it, and then I turned Preston Williams into the second overall pick, which is going to be whichever running back I want that isn't well, one of my Preston Williams and multiple other things for the second overall. Yeah, that's all right. It, it's... 
It's a trade tree, buddy. You can't just say Preston Williams for the second <laughs> overall pick. I have to say, this is probably the easiest pick I'm ever going to make, and I am shocked that it's this easy. I'm going to continue to build around Patrick Mahomes, continue to give him weapons. Rashad Bateman is the easiest slam dunk of this whole mock draft, at least for me. Except for Trevor Lawrence. No, I think this is even okay. easier. A great, great pick. I obviously am a huge Rashad Bateman believer. He is my number three ranked receiver. Throwing him with Patrick Mahomes will be amazing. I really hope that he does fall there because perfect for 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 the way, type of player that he is. Honestly, if Bateman falls to Kansas City, I've got the fifth overall pick in a, another dynasty league. Not the same one that I have the first overall pick. We've got too many to talk about, um, but. If Bateman goes to Kansas City, I'm taking him fifth overall. Like, that is easy for me. Yeah, yeah, look, if if Baltimore, New Orleans, and Green Bay, all back-to-back-to-back picks decide to to not go wide receiver here, I, I don't know how. I mean, Kansas City can get tremendous value with this pick and uh, remain remain picking last in these drafts because, uh, yeah, that's, that's great value with that pick. Absolutely, and even like Washington and Chicago and Indianapolis, I could see them all going wide receiver too, and they passed on it. So him falling here is phenomenal. But let's round out the mock draft with the final pick. Chris, you've got the current Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so um, aside from Jacksonville and the New York Jets, I think Tampa Bay is perhaps the only team in this draft that can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the entirety of the first round and be just fine with whoever they pick. And the reason why they can boast this is because they somehow brought back all 22 starters on both sides of the ball, even after winning a Super Bowl. Now, the circumstances in which they were able to do this after winning a Super Bowl and with the lower salary cap is, first of all, unprecedented, and second of all, extremely impressive. So where do you begin picking for a team that already has everything? Um, I think the the logical place to start is the position group where you're set to lose the most talent and depth next season, and that's defensive line. Um, they've got one of the best linebacking cores in the league. They've got one of the best uh, secondaries in the league right now. If you double down on that defense, uh, you're looking at a, a, a Super Bowl favorite for a second year in a row. You take the best defensive lineman in this draft. Um, I, to me, this is a no-brainer pick Uh for Tampa Bay if he's still here. Um, so the pick here is Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama, and uh, and we're going to make him the day one Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's You can just draft kind of whatever you want here, as you kind of mentioned, and if you, if you want to get that guy, you know, Barmore, he's someone who has the upside to become more than kind of what he's being projected as. Right now, he's not looked at as a first-round guy for the most part. But he, he's got the right tools where if he kind of keeps refining it, working on it, he can become a pretty good defensive player. So I have no issue with the pick at all. I think good pick. I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised he fell all the way to 32. I'm a uh, – for Barmore, I think he's more of a day two pick. However, I have to say I think this is the perfect position for him because Barmore can learn behind um, – why am I forgetting his name? The, the clown out of Detroit. Sue. Yeah, and Dominican Sue with uh, their nose tackle on the other side. So I think as you have him learn behind Sue, he can come in next year and be a very good starter for him. So I like the pick, um, even though I think he's more of a day two player. I think the fit just elevates him. So uh, that's going to wrap up the mock draft. Uh, a pretty good one overall. Uh, I think there was some shocking picks. 
There was also some picks that uh, were, were pretty obvious. We only had one write-in, and that was by Alec. So <laughs> nice job there, Alec. But that's going to do it for the 100th episode of the WNP podcast. I'd like to thank all the boys here for coming out, Alec and Chris especially, because you guys aren't here all the time. Uh, Chase, you kind of have to be here all the time unless I get sick of you and then I do an episode by myself like that one time. Like that one time where I couldn't do it, so you had to do it by yourself. No, no, I was sick of you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and and if you're listening, we really appreciate you for coming out. We didn't really make this show to be a... um, We did it for ourselves, you know? We, We wanted to put this as like a, a resume builder and stuff. We didn't make this to uh, have people listening and stuff, but if, if you're a fan, we really appreciate that. So uh, that's going to do it for the episode. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP sports pod. It's again on Twitter at WNP sports pod. If you're listening on YouTube, if you could give us a like subscribe, comment what you think is the best pick in this draft and what you think is the worst pick in this draft. If you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could follow us and rate us five stars, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we're not professionals. Professionals.